Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghun Avalon. It's Tuesday. We got a couple new excerpts from Robert Draper's new book, Plus. I know, I know, we're not through this year yet, but it's never too early to start worrying about future elections. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Two must-read books that vastly add to our understanding of the Trump era go on sale today. Playbook's Rachel Bade and Karen Demersion from The Washington Post unchecked the untold story behind Congress's botched impeachments of Donald Trump and Robert Draper's weapons of mass delusion when the Republican Party lost its mind. There are many new excerpts out from both, starting with The Problem of Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's Draper's New York Times Magazine piece on the far-right Congresswoman's rise and what it means for a likely GOP House majority. One of the most retweeted quotes in the piece is this warning from Greene to Representative Kevin McCarthy. I think that to be the best speaker of the House and to please the base, he's going to give me a lot of power and a lot of leeway, she predicted in a flat, unemotional voice, and if he doesn't, they're going to be very unhappy about it. I think that's the best way to read that, and that's not in any way a threat at all. I just think that's reality. Deeper in the story, Green gets specific. She tells Draper she wants a seat on the high-profile House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. When I observed that serving on both committees, high-profile investigative purges that had elevated Republicans like Daryl Issa, Trey Gowdy, and Jim Jordan into household names constituted a pretty big ask, Green shot back. I completely deserve it. I've been treated like expletive. I've been treated like garbage. Draper will join sister podcast Playbook Deep Dive this Friday, but in the meantime, he sent over some exclusive items from his book for Playbook listeners. McCarthy told Green and Paul Gosar, who, like Green, was stripped of his committee assignment for offensive conduct, that as Speaker, McCarthy would return both of them to committees and that they would have better assignments. McCarthy also broke a promise to officers Michael Fanone and Harry Dunn that he would speak to Gosar after the congressman said Ashley Babbitt was executed. Representative Patrick McHenry, who warned McCarthy about the trouble right-wing members could cause a new speaker, sent McCarthy a YouTube clip from a famous scene in The Wire in which a former one-term Baltimore mayor tells an incoming mayor the parable of the bulls of shit, a story about the difficulties of holding together the disparate factions of an unruly political coalition. Draper tells us, McHenry then bought McCarthy a large silver bowl with a spoon and lid. Here's another example of how the midterms have implications well beyond the makeup of the 118th Congress. The Democratic Party's bench is very much at stake on November 8th. A wave of promising new politicians for the party emerged in the 2018 midterms, including several Ida's future contenders for statewide offices. Now, several of those rising stars are at risk of being washed out by a red wave. Politico's Elena Schneider reports this morning from Fredericksburg, Virginia. They include Representatives Abigail Spanberger, Sharice Davids, Jared Golden, Alyssa Slotkin, and Katie Porter, among others. Here's 2025 gubernatorial chatter about Spanberger, for instance, and Porter is routinely mentioned as a successor to Senator Dianne Feinstein. Each candidate has a proven ability to raise big money from small-dollar donors, but they have to fight for their current seats before they can even start dreaming about other ones. Elena told Playbook that 2022 losses might not necessarily be fatal for the 2018ers' political careers. However, she tells us, winning a competitive congressional district is far better than losing one before you try to run statewide. But the stakes for that victory depends on what state you're in. A Porter victory, for example, could catapult her to the top echelon of a crowded 2024 Senate primary, while a loss would take the shine off her candidacy, Elena noted, but she added, Losing may not matter as much in a state where the Democratic bench is thinner, like Kansas. Former Representatives Joe Cunningham and Kendra Horn both lost their re-elections in 2020, but they immediately 
made the jump to statewide bids anyway. Fun fact, more than 2 million Americans have already voted, the vast majority of them by mail, setting a pace of higher turnout than in 2018 or a typical midterm election, Isabella Murray from ABC reports. Florida leads the way so far, and in Georgia, more than 100,000 people cast ballots on the first day of early voting, easily breaking the previous day one record of 72,000 per WSB-TV. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 12.15 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will speak at a political event at the Howard Theater. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 11.20 a.m., Vice President Kamala Harris will leave Los Angeles for San Francisco. There, she'll take part in a climate action discussion with Leah Stokes and Catherine Wilkinson of the climate podcast, A Matter of Degrees, at the Cowell Theater. Afterward, She'll speak at a DNC finance event at a private residence, and at 925 will depart San Francisco, arriving back at Joint Base Andrews at 2.10 in the morning. The Senate and the House are out today. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghub Manavalan. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.